This morning, I have a mind to preach to you some from the latter part of the 8th chapter of the book of Romans. Romans chapter 8, beginning in verse 38. Paul would say, For I am persuaded. He's speaking for himself. And I hope he's speaking for all of us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us, separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. What a summation to the beautiful 8th chapter of the book of Romans. Now Paul says that he was persuaded of this. He was fully persuaded, confidently persuaded that nothing could separate us from the love of God. And I think I can say confidently this morning that I'm persuaded of the same thing. What about you all? Do you think there's anything in this world that could separate us from the love of God? Now, when we think of human love, we know it can be fickle. It can be short-lived. But don't ever compare God's love to human love. His love is a perfect love. It's unconditional. It is ever Lasting. I, I heard this story one time about a preacher named George Matheson who lived in Scotland. You can find this information online. But when he was 17 years of age, George started losing his eyesight. He went to a university in Scotland and while he was there, he met this young lady and they fell in love and planned to get married, but his eyesight got worse and worse. And finally, he lost his eyesight altogether. And his fiancée went to him one day and said, George, I just don't want to spend the rest of my life married to a blind man. And so she broke off the engagement. And out of that Rejection Out of that pain, George Matheson wrote this beautiful hymn. And I want you to listen as I read to you the opening verse. O oh, love that will not let me go, I rest my weary soul in thee. As he was rejected by this young woman that he loved, he just fell back on the love of God. And he knew that love would never let him go. How many of us have found incredible comfort in the love of God for us in this world? You see, Paul would say, I am persuaded. And it it took a while for our brother Paul to reach this point, I'm sure. 
in his life, but with all of his experiences, with the sustaining grace of God that helped him through many dangerous toils and snares, he came to believe that God's love was a perfect love. What about your experiences in life? Have they proven to you that God's love is something you can count on? He says, I am persuaded. Now, God's love is not like human love. I want to turn with you just a moment to a passage of Scripture that I think describes God's love. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, the great love chapter in the Bible. Beginning in verse 4 of 1 Corinthians 13, Paul would say, Charity suffereth long and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up. Doth not behave itself unseemly. Seeketh not her own. Is not easily provoked. Thinketh no evil. Rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth. Beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. Charity never faileth. I've been asked by a lot of young couples to read that at their wedding ceremony. And it is a beautiful passage on love, isn't it? But do you know of any human that has that kind of love? I think it's really describing Jesus Christ and His perfect love. Now, that ought to be our goal in life, to grow in love, to learn how to love as Jesus loves. But you and I will never attain to it like He does. His love is a perfect love. And we rejoice in that today. So Paul would say, I'm fully and completely persuaded that nothing can separate us from the love of God. Notice the first thing he mentions. For I am persuaded that neither death can separate us from the love of God. Corporal death, physical death, separates us from a lot of things in this world. It separates us from our body. When, when a person dies, the body is what dies. But there is something in that body that doesn't die. You see, we are a body, a soul, and a spirit. Paul would say that. There's three parts to all of us. We, we live in a body like you live in your house. You have a soul which is made up of your mind and your will and your emotions. And you have a spirit within you. And when this body dies, you know what happens? The soul and the spirit departs the body and goes to glory. See, when, a, when death comes to a child of God, it's like opening the window of a bird cage. You know what happens? The bird flies away. And let me tell you, death separates us from our bodies. We leave our bodies behind. Death will separate us from this earth. It will separate us from our possessions. One time a wealthy man was approaching death 
And the pastor assured him that heaven was waiting on him. And he said, you, you can't take any of this, these riches you have with you, with you. And you know what he said? He said, I'm not going then. <laughs> well, folks, you can't take anything with you that you've got in this world. I heard about a casket one time. And they put, and this man wanted all these drawers put on his casket so he could put all of his riches, his diamonds, his gold in those, in those drawers. Well, he couldn't take them with him to heaven. When the great pharaohs of Egypt died, they buried them in the valley of the kings. Many years ago, they found one of those graves that the grave robbers had not found. It was intact. It was King Tut. And when those pharaohs died, they buried them with incredible riches. King Tut was one of the youngest pharaohs to ever die. But let me tell you, the gold and the treasures that were in his tomb were worth millions and millions of dollars. But you know what? He, he didn't take a bit of it with him. His body was still there in, entombed when they opened that grave, when they found it and opened it. So death does separate us from our earthly possessions, our earthly treasures. Um, it separates us from our family, from our friends. But I want to tell you this morning, one thing death does not separate you from, and that is the love of God. God loves His children after death comes to them just as much as He loved them before that. Don't you know God loved Brother Jerry Collins? And Brother Jerry loved him. And let me tell you, God loves Brother Jerry just as much today as he did when he was alive and well on this earth. Do you all understand that? Are you listening? You know, I, I heard some years ago that the attention span of the average American is like nine minutes. That's why they have commercials on TV about every nine or ten minutes, because that's about as long as most Americans' attention span is. So that's why I ask you all occasionally, are you listening? Because <laughs> I know you all can turn me off very quickly. I want you all to listen. I want you to get the message today. Nothing is going to ever separate you from the love of God. Not death. Not any kind of death. Whether it's a death, an accidental death, whether it's a death by murder, by torture, whether it is by cancer or any other cause of death, no kind of death will ever separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So Paul would say, I am persuaded that neither death nor life. Life is not going to separate us from the love of God. Now, life on this earth is a mixture of many experiences, many joys and many sorrows. As we all continue our journey through this world, we're experiencing many things in our lives, but nothing will ever separate us from the love of God. I want to back up to verse 35 here in Romans 8. And I want to notice with you some things that the Apostle Paul uh, itemizes that will never separate us from the love of God. 
Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or pearl or sword? Paul names seven things there that will never separate us from the love of God. See, Paul was writing this letter to a church in Rome that would soon be experiencing great persecution, like you and I cannot imagine. Now, there are many Christians on earth today that are suffering physical persecution. We hear about them, in, especially in the Middle East. As a matter of fact, some people who follow it say that more Christians have died in the last hundred years in the name of Christ than have died throughout history. Now, you and I are blessed, aren't we? How many of us know we're blessed to live in a land where we have religious freedom? Were y'all scared to come over here this morning afraid that the law was going to be here with guns and bayonets and haul us off the jail if we gathered to worship? That's never crossed my mind in America. But I can tell you, throughout history, that has not been the case. And Paul was writing to a church in Rome that was soon going to be facing a lot of trials and tribulations. But he was letting them know that tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or pearl or sword would not separate us from the love of Christ. And beloved, if you know anything much about the life of the Apostle Paul, you might remember that he had already suffered six of these seven things in his life. You would think as the great apostle to the Gentiles, God would have spared him from tribulation and distress and persecution and famine and nakedness and pearl. No, God didn't spare him. If you read in the Corinthian letter the list of things our brother Paul went through, you will know he was not spared any of this except the sword. When he wrote this letter to the Romans, he had not experienced the sword. But sometime later, he's going to die as a martyr in the city of Rome. They're going to cut his head off. Now, the Bible doesn't tell us that. But, but, uh, but church history is very unified on the belief that the Apostle Paul died as a martyr in the city of Rome. So eventually, he was going to experience the sword. But none of this would ever separate him from the love of Christ. Did you know that when Paul was suffering, some of his friends in Christ forsook him? Let's notice in 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 16, Paul would say to the young preacher Timothy, At my first answer, no man stood with me, but all men forsook me. You know, in the latter part of the book of Romans, Paul names 26 people in that church who he saluted. He honored them. They were his brothers and sisters in Christ, and they were faithful soldiers of the cross. But now it seems that even those people have forsaken him. At my first answer, no man stood with me, but all men forsook me. I pray God that it may not be laid to their charge. Isn't that a great attitude to have? 
Paul said, they forsook me, but I'm praying God will not lay that to their charge. He was, Paul was such a loving man at this point in his life. Nevertheless, he says in verse 17, notwithstanding, the Lord stood with me and strengthened me. The Lord didn't forsake him when he was suffering in Rome. The Lord was right there by his side. So Paul would say, I am persuaded that nothing is going to separate us from the love of Christ in my life. Paul would say, I have known tribulation, I have known distress, I have known persecution, I have known famine, I have known nakedness, I have known pearl. See, I can't relate to any of those things, can you all? I've always had enough clothes to wear. I've always had plenty of food to eat and more than enough. I've really just been a blessed individual on this earth. People my age have lived in the golden age of America. One of our presidents said that the golden age of America started after World War II. I was born in 1948. How many of y'all understand that you and I have lived in one of the most glorious times in human history in one of the greatest nations that has ever been on the face of this earth? Do y'all know that? Are y'all getting this? We are blessed. Paul was not that way. Paul knew what it was to suffer for Jesus' sake. And yet Paul says, I'm persuaded. Nothing that's ever happened to me will ever separate me from the love of Christ. See, when you're suffering, when you're going through trials, Satan will come to you and attack you in your mind and say, you know, if you were a child of God, you know your heavenly Father wouldn't let you go through this. That's a lie of Satan. My Savior, look at Him. He lived the perfect life. And yet at the end, all of our sins were laid on Him. And He bore them in His own body on the tree of the cross. Oh, my soul, he, he loved us even unto the end. You know, in John chapter 13, the Bible says, And having loved his own which were in the world, he loved them to the end. To the end of what? To the end of his life. When my Savior and your Savior was in this world, and he had all of our guilt and sins laid on him, and he was going up the hill of Golgotha, to die on Mount Calvary. And he was being whipped and lashed by the Roman soldiers and spit on and crowned with thorns. Oh, my soul, aren't you glad he loved us to the end? If he had said going up that hill, Father, it's too much. I can't endure this. I want you to come and get me and, and take me back to glory. Send the angels to come get me. I can't go through this. I wouldn't have blamed him, would you? But he didn't. You know what? He loved us to the end. All the way to the end. Oh, love that will not let me go. <laughs> so Paul would say, if you're suffering, don't get upset with God. Don't get angry with God. Nothing is going to separate you from the love of Christ. And then notice what he says. I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, 
No kind of angel. Now I'm glad to tell you all this morning that there are good angels. How many of y'all believe in angels? I believe in angels. I believe I have been watched over by angels. <laughs> I tell you one of my favorite verses in Amazing Grace is that third verse. Through many dangers, toils, and snares, I have already come. Tis grace has brought me safe thus far, and grace will lead me on. All of us are going to go through dangers, we're going to go through toils, we're going to go through tribulations. You know, those of us who have grandchildren, wouldn't we like to just surround them in a bubble and protect them where they wouldn't ever have to shed another tear? <laughs> I would. I'd love to just surround the grandkids and, and just keep them safe so, so no bully would ever aggravate them. They wouldn't ever have a, a, a they wouldn't ever uh, fall and, and scratch up their knee. I tell you, I'd love that. But I want to tell you, we can't do that. Our Heavenly Father, I think I told you all the last time I was here, we're in good hands. Not with all state, but with our Heavenly Father. And He gives His angels charge over us. Did you know... When Paul was writing to the, to the Hebrews, he said that the angels are ministering spirits sent to minister to the heirs of salvation. Angels are glorious beings. There's God, the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost, and then there's angels. And below them are human beings. And angels are glorious beings. Those that have not fallen, they're glorious and they are, they're our ministering servants to watch over us and minister to us. They're good angels. So they're certainly not going to try to separate us from the love of God. But there are evil angels in this world who tempt us and try to get us to do things that we shouldn't do in order to get us out of favor with God. But I'm here to tell you this morning, not even angels can separate us from the love of God. Do you all believe that? Are y'all listening? <laughs> some of you look like you're getting it, and some of you, I don't know. <laughs> you know, Elder Bird used to preach a lot, and he'd close his eyes. <laughs> now, Brother Bird was a long-winded preacher. because he was born in 1880, so <laughs> I got to know him the last few years of his life. He used to tell me, he said, Brother Sammy, when I was a young preacher, if I didn't have good liberty, I never stood over an hour and a half. <laughs> but he said, if I had good liberty, <laughs> but he would, he'd close his eyes and preach. I remember he used to come to Cool Springs in the old building. I called him the one hour preacher when I was a little boy. I grew up to love him more than life itself. I don't want to close my eyes. <laughs> I want to look at y'all and know you're getting it. I want to feed the sheep. You know, Jesus didn't say feed my giraffes. He said feed my sheep. I want to get it down here where our children can understand it. And you know, children get love. They know when they're being loved, don't they? Even animals know that. Now and I are blessed with a little puppy <laughs> named Molly. I tell you, that dog knows when she's loved. And, and, and children know that. Don't you all know when you're being loved? 
I want y'all to know today, your God in heaven loves you like your mama or your daddy could have never loved you. You said, now, Brother Sam, wait a minute. Nobody's going to ever love me more than my parents. Yes. He loves you with a perfect love. So he would say, not even angels are going to separate us from his love, nor principalities. That is, any kind of government, no matter how powerful the government is, is going to separate us from the love of God. You know, when I think about all those Christians in Afghanistan that are being hunted down and persecuted, and many of them being murdered in this very hour in which I speak to you, it breaks my heart. But I'll tell you one thing I rejoice in, that the the, the, the Taliban and the ISIS and the Al-Qaeda cannot separate them from the love of God. Would you all say amen to that? You know what death does, really? It just frees us to go... Death ushers us into the immediate presence of God. That's what death does. So when they kill one of God's children, they just free them to go on to glory. (laughs) You know, I spend too much time really watching the news when I really need to be focusing on God's love. Because this world is temporary. It's transitory. But what's waiting on us is eternal. So he says, principalities cannot separate us, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come. Whatever may be going on right now in your life, and I, I can assure you, if we took the time, and you all weren't scared to speak in public, I could ask every one of you to get up and tell me things that are going on right now in your life that are concerning to you, that are burdening you down. Maybe a loved one that's sick. Or a relationship that has gone wrong. Or a child that is wayward. You know, we've all got them in this present moment. But I want to tell you, none of that will ever separate us from the love of God. And things to come. I'm glad I don't know the future. I like it one day at a time. What about y'all? I love that song, One Day at a Time, Sweet Jesus. That's all I'm asking of you. I, I couldn't deal with it all. I can take it one day at a time by His grace. But whatever the future holds, and I don't know what it is, I know my God is going to be out there. And His His love for me is never going to end. And then He says, Nor height, nor depth, I don't know what Paul had in mind when he's talking about height and depth. Maybe he's talking about a high position in this world or the depths of degradation. I don't know. But whatever it is, none of it's going to separate us from his love. And then he puts a catch-all clause in there. Any of you all have a catch-all table in your house? Just catches everything close to the back door? (laughs) Nelda bought us a cute little round table with... Bar stools, just enough for two people. It's cute, but it's a catch-all. <laughs> we, can, we, we can't sit there and eat much because it's piled up with stuff. A lot of you look like y'all know what I'm talking about. I see a lot of nodding. A catch-all. <laughs> it just catches everything. Well, here is a catch-all statement. Paul says, nor any other creature. 
shall separate us from the love of God. Just anything you could ever think of or imagine, none of it will ever separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. I want you to, I want you to really focus on that expression. Nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Christ Jesus, our Lord. Matthew Henry, I'm sure some of you have read some of his writings. He was a great commentator on the Bible in England many, two or three centuries ago. Matthew Henry. And... Uh, when he was writing in Romans chapter 8, he told about a man in Scotland named Hugh Kennedy, who was a well-known follower of Jesus Christ, Hugh Kennedy. And he was losing his sight. And as he was on his deathbed, waiting to depart and be with Christ, he asked his family to bring the family Bible and to put his finger on Romans 8, verse 39. Now you can, you can find this online. I'm not making it up. They took his finger and placed it on Romans 8, 39. 38 and 39. I'm persuaded. Nothing's going to separate me. And he said, is my finger on those verses? They said, yes, Daddy. He said, well, I had breakfast with y'all. I'm going to sup with Jesus tonight. And he departed, safe in the love of Jesus. Do you all feel safe in his love? Now, if you all don't, I've failed as a preacher this morning. I know you all love one another. I feel safe here in this church. I remember one time when I was pastoring here before, a young boy walked all the way down from the back bench. It was on Easter Sunday. He was dressed up. I mean, he was dressed up. He came down here and wanted to join the church and I held the microphone for him so everybody could hear what he said. And he said, I want a home here. He said, I feel safe in this place. That blessed my heart. Do you all feel safe today in the church? I think I'm surrounded by people that love me. But human love, it is fickle sometimes, isn't it? But I want y'all to leave here today feeling safe in His love. Oh, love that will not let me go. Thank y'all for your attention today.